of the Titans, the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers. Then there are the Giants hoping to join this group. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Nonetheless, you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Mac Jones. Men that won't let you forget who they are. And if you do, they'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we'll talk about all those legacies and so much more. We'll follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We'll see giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. to you live from a dorm room in Ohio. This is No Butts About It. And this is the day after Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars. Was it real? Was it staged? I have no idea. Award shows aren't really my thing, so it won't really affect me too much. But every place I was went to for resources on my Twitter, on internet, news sites for sports they were talking about it all my podcasts were talking about it so i thought that i would mention it as well i know it's a very uh, popular topic right now so i am aware it's happening but i'm not going to talk about it much more than that just thought i'd bring it up so that you know that i am aware of it anyway not a lot of big signings happened over the weekend that i personally thought were going to be huge Lots of rumors going around, lots of pro days happening. Um, so quick signings that happened were the Jets signed former number three overall pick, defensive end Solomon Thomas. And that happened actually about 30 minutes ago. So that's a pretty recent development. And he will probably be opposite of Carl Lawson, who was on the Bengals. He's another sack machine he just wasn't able to play last year because he tore i believe his acl in training camp which obviously rendered him out for the whole season uh miami is apparently listening to offers for wide receiver Devontae parker but they're expecting him to stay with the team now of course if someone were to come forth and say, hey, we'll give you two first-round picks for Devontae Parker, I'm sure the Miami Dolphins would be all over that. However, I doubt any team is going to do that. And he'll be a nice depth piece for the Dolphins now that they have Tyreek Hill, Will Fuller. Will Fuller's a free agent, so I don't know if they'll re-sign Will Fuller, but they have Jalen Waddell, Tyreek Hill, and Cedric Wilson. So they've got a three trio right there. Uh, if they do go with re-signing Fuller, then that will be even more added depth. And there are apparently multiple teams interested in Baker Mayfield, uh, just waiting on the Browns to release him. However, that could just be his agent kind of throwing that out there, trying to get the waters churning so that he can get onto a team, hopefully, hopefully as a starter, and we can see if it was Baker who was the problem at the Browns or if it was the Browns uh, causing issues for Baker. 
That being said, we've got a lot of ratings coming out now on different uh, teams and who uh, we think is going to do well this season. But before we get to that, the uh, coaches committee and competition committee is meeting in Florida today. And so far, the two big news stories to come out of that are that the Bills will be getting a new stadium. And obviously, the Bills are one of the better teams in the league. They're considered Super Bowl favorites this year. Von Miller went there, which just helped the odds even more. And they're going to get a new stadium. It's, uh, I believe, $850 million project. So definitely going to be a big project. Probably going to try and rival what L.A. built, it, which is considered a huge mecca to the sport of football. So we'll have to see what Bill's Mafia comes up with. Bill's Mafia is an amazing fan base. They are one of the better, most loyal fan bases in the NFL. So I'm sure that they will have their say in what the stadium is to look like. We also have learned that the 2024 NFL Draft will be hosted by the Detroit Lions. So that is going to be interesting, and that'll be big for Detroit because it will, we'll see if they still have the first-round pick in 2024. And that's not the dog on Detroit. It's just that they've been historically bad. However, they do have a great coach, a guy who I really like, and I think he is going to help change the culture in Detroit, and that is Matt, not Matt, Dan Campbell, and he is going to uh, be going into his second season this season, presumably with Jared Goff at quarterback still. We'll see if that changes. Of course, I'll let you know if that changes. And he's been adding some defensive players. He's been working and grinding. He, he really seems like a player's coach. He seems to really enjoy the players. The players seem to like him. So hopefully he can turn that around for the city of Detroit and they can get that uh, culture rebuilt. They also are going to be the stars of this season of Hard Knocks on HBO, which if you're not familiar with Hard Knocks, basically they follow a team that has had some issues. They can't be a playoff team. They're not necessarily a horrible team. The Colts were the ones for last season, so obviously the Colts were uh, playoff favorites, but they didn't make it due to their ongoing streak of losing to the Jaguars at home. But the Detroit Lions will be the people or the team in Hard Knocks, and we'll see what is going on in the stadium, how the players react with coaches, and that'll be really interesting to see the chemistry being built, how they prepare for games compared to other teams. Um, also, it is going to be discussed either today or tomorrow on whether or not to change the overtime rules due to the fact that the playoff games are often decided by overtime. 
The most recent case of this was, or okay, most recent case of the issue was Bills and the Ch- Chiefs game in the divisional round. Bengals and Chiefs went into overtime in the championship game, but the issue that is being talked about did not have an effect on that game. So if you're not familiar with the overtime rules, basically how it's going right now is one t- the first team to get possession based on coin flip, they can go down the field, and if they score a touchdown, game's over. However, if they only kick a field goal, the other team gets possession of the ball, and if they score a touchdown, they win. They can also match with a field goal. However, this means that in the instance of the divisional game for the Bengals, or not Bengals, Bills versus Chiefs, that one of the best quarterbacks in the league, Josh Allen, was never even able to touch the ball, and that he never had an opportunity to make a play to drive down the field and win the game for Bills Mafia and and go on to the AFC Championship and possibly the Super Bowl because of the way the rules are written. Now, there is an argument to be made that defenses, defensive players tend to make, defensive-minded coaches also tend to make this argument, that it's the defense's job to get the stop, which is why I said it didn't apply to the Bengals versus Chiefs game in the AFC Championship because the Bengals' defense did make the stop. I believe it was Jesse Bates got an interception, and that obviously gave the Bengals the ball, and they kicked a field goal, I believe, to win that game and sent the Chiefs home, and the Bengals went out to L.A. to the Super Bowl where they unfortunately lost to the L.A. Rams. But you know what? We're happy for Matt Stafford because he's – been in, he'd been in Detroit for years, over a decade, I believe, and was very well liked by the Detroit Lions fans, very good quarterback. It just was sad that it came at the expense of my favorite team. Anyway, some ideas to change the overtime rules include having uh, kickers uh, do like a sudden death where kickers decide who wins. Uh, just by kicking who can kick the furthest field goal. That would obviously give an advantage to teams with strong leg kickers like the Ravens, the Chiefs, and the Bengals, who have Evan McPherson, Justin Tucker, and Harrison Butker, respectfully. And, however, there is an idea that I personally favor. That would be the... First team to get the ball can go down, score a touchdown, and if they score a touchdown, the game goes on unless they go for a two-point conversion and they make the two-point conversion. So in our scenario with the Chiefs and Bills game, say Patrick Mahomes goes down, scores a touchdown, but misses the two-point conversion, or they just kick the point after. Two-point conversions are... Getting easier to make, I feel like, but also aren't always made um, as consistently because players know it's coming and they're able to stop it. But 
that would give Josh Allen in that scenario the chance to answer, to respond, and we'd go on from there. Another idea that I like that I think is a bit more complicated, although I think it could work, would be the winner of the overtime coin toss would choose whether to play offense or defense first. And then uh, whoever lost it would pick what yard line they start on. So say the Chiefs won the coin toss, they choose to play offense. The Bills could say, okay, you're starting on your own one. We're going to make you go the entire length of the field. Which would be interesting because that obviously if there's a kickoff, um, you're if you get a touchback, it's, you start at the 25. And if you run it back, you could go past the 25 or you usually end up around the 20, 25. So being able to just say, hey, no, you're starting on your own one, I think that could be interesting as well. I think we'd see a lot more safeties though. And so I'm not sure if it is – as good of an idea as we would think it is on paper. So that's why I tend to favor the two-point conversion idea. But, of course, there are some coaches who I'm not sure it's ever affected them, so maybe that's why they're so against it. But Mike Tomlin, the Steelers head coach, said, I don't fear sudden death when it came to uh, overtime rules. And he's a very defensive-minded coach, so like I said, they tend to be more fans of just going for it, uh, and the defense has to make a stop. And if the defense doesn't have to make a stop, or if the defense doesn't make a stop, that's the reason they lost. Also, uh, I just found this quote from uh, Lions head coach Dan Campbell, the guy I was talking about earlier and how he's an aggressive players coach. Uh, Apparently last year he said, I would love to literally just have a pet lion, and he really is my pet. We just walk around the building. We go out to practice. So that shows you the type of guy Dan Campbell is. He just uh, wants a pet lion. He thinks that would be pretty cool. I assume he was joking. I don't think he's actually going to attempt to buy a lion. Uh, I could already see that being a huge PR issue. And so, among like a bunch I of said, other there issues. wasn't a lot of news that happened this weekend. So we're going to wrap up the news segment right there uh, with that Dan Campbell quote. However, NFL uh, Instagram page did post something two days ago that said, which quarterback will have the biggest leap in year three? So, talking about the four major quarterbacks that are starters uh, from the 2020 draft, just a reminder for those of you who don't know, it's Joe Burrow, the Bengals quarterback, Justin Herbert, the L.A. Chargers quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, the Miami Dolphins quarterback. I think I'm getting better at pronouncing his last name. I'm trying. Jalen Hurts, the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. So, uh, as much as I'd love to say Joe Burrow, The only way I see him improving is if he wins the Super Bowl. Uh, And with the AFC being even more stacked than it was last year, I just think that that's going to be much more difficult to get to. I'm not saying it's not possible. I just think it's going to be a heavy-handed task for this team. That being said, Justin Herbert and Tua 
are my two favorites to make the biggest leap. Justin Herbert showed has shown great promise in his first two years, and now he has a stacked defense to help him out with the signings of J.C. Jackson, uh, Khalil Mack on de- on defense. There's definitely going to be an easier job for Justin Herbert. He's not going to have to put up as many points as he did in the past because those guys are going to be making stops and it's going to be much harder for quarterbacks to put up points on the L.A. Chargers. And the less points a quarterback has to score, the easier it is for him to win. And Justin Herbert has put up points before, believe me. I think he put up like 40 on the Bengals. So it's not like he can't put up points, but he'll appreciate his defense a lot more if he doesn't get stuck in uh, positions where he has to go out and make a 30-second game-winning drive to win the game. Tua Tagovailoa, he also ton of potential here. He also, though, is kind of in a spot where if he doesn't do well this year, I think they might move on from him or at least start looking to find a replacement for him. Uh New coaching style, so Mike McDaniels is considered one of the more offensive-minded uh, coaches in the NFL, and it will be interesting to see what kind of plays he comes up with now that they have that deep wide receiver class that we talked about with Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, and Devontae Parker. And, of course, they've still got Mike Gusecki at tight end, who is also a great receiving tight end. So Tua definitely has weapons now. The running backs have improved. He has a report with Jalen Waddle. They played together in college. There's no reason that they should not be winning games this season on the offensive side of the ball. Defense, that's a whole that's a whole nother story. Defense wasn't necessarily a huge issue last year, but it may become the reason they lose games. However, that's fixable. And as long as they're not losing games because of Tua, I think that he'll be here this coming year and the next year after on his rookie contract. That being said, I haven't seen a lot from Tua that makes me think he's going to reach the same level as Herbert and Joe, or Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. But... That's not to say that he doesn't. I mean, I hope that he does. I just love football. I'm a Bengals fan, but I'm a football fan first and foremost. I love watching good football. So if two is a great quarterback and we get another elite quarterback in the league, that's phenomenal. He made a few questionable throws last year that uh, gained him the nickname Tua turned the ball over. And obviously that is not a nickname any quarterback wants. So hopefully he learns from that, becomes a smarter player. And him and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, all these guys are able to hook up for uh, some crazy plays. I'm excited to watch that offense. I really hope that my uh, idea of what they can be isn't too far out there. Obviously, they're not going to be perfect. I'm not expecting them to be perfect. I just expect it to be a lot of really fun plays to watch. And I think there's going to be a lot of success from that team. Jalen Hurts, um, I don't know what the Eagles did to help him. 
honestly. Uh, He has Devontae Smith, and that's about it. Devontae Smith is a great wide receiver. He showed promise in his rookie year. However, he also is like their only receiver, and they refuse to run the ball for some reason, which isn't great for offense because then your defense is knowing that a pass is coming for the most part. Um, also, one of their starting wide receivers, Jalen Rieger, who I want you to realize this, the Eagles drafted him over Justin Jefferson and T. Higgins. Justin Jefferson is considered a top five receiver in the league right now for the Vikings. Last year was his second year. And T. Higgins is considered a strong wide receiver, too, with the Bengals. He had a 1,000-yard season. Jalen Rieger had less yards than Henry Ruggs. And why is that important? Because Henry Ruggs was arrested, like, a quarter through the season. He was put in jail. I'm not... I'm not even sure if he got through three games before being arrested. So the fact that Henry Ruggs sat in a jail cell, or he definitely wasn't on a football field. Maybe he's on house arrest. I don't know where he was. I don't have a tracker on him. But the fact that Jalen Rieger had less yards than a guy who wasn't on the football field because he had been arrested is not promising for Jalen Hurts. And sure, I mean, some of that may come down to coaching. Some of that may come down to play calling. And I don't think it's all Jalen Hurts' fault. And I know that Jalen Rieger drops a ton of passes. That's what he's known for. And I'm not, I'm not saying I could do better than Jalen Rieger. Definitely not saying that. If we played backyard football, Jalen Rieger would run laps around me. That's for sure. But from the NFL perspective, he's in the NFL. I'm not. From the NFL perspective, Jalen Rieger is not doing his job for the Eagles. And it's hurting Jalen Hurts, and it's hurting the team. Jalen Hurts is going to struggle, I think. I think he's going to continue to struggle. Um, I don't think they beat a single playoff team last year. They went into the playoffs and were absolutely obliterated by the Buccaneers. Which, I mean, you could say, oh, it's Tom Brady and it's Tom Brady's super team. But the fact that they played six, 17 games and only won games against teams that didn't make it to the playoffs does not bode well for the Eagles, especially considering they didn't really add anything to the team in the offseason. I just don't understand what – they're doing – I think they might have even lost Fletcher Cox, who was a great uh, defensive player for them. So, Eagles, I don't see a lot of potential coming from them. I don't see them doing well. Granted, they are in the NFC East, which is pretty consistently the worst conference in the NFL uh, as far or division as far as the divisions go. But uh, I still don't see them winning that. And I think that the Cowboys somehow will still win it, even though they've traded away all or not re-signed all of their receivers. So, uh, 
maybe, maybe the Eagles have a chance. Maybe I'm wrong. Like I said, I like I like football, so I'd love Jalen Hurts to succeed. It's not like I'm getting on a soapbox just hoping Jalen Hurts fails, but I don't see him making a giant leap in year three like I do Justin Herbert and Tua Tagovailoa. Justin Herbert, he doesn't need to make the leap. He's already a playoff quarterback. He's already considered an elite quarterback. Um, he's going to be in the league for years to come. He's definitely going to be fun to watch. Tua, I think, has to make a leap. Otherwise, he's going to lose his job because they're going to say, look, we've got all these other guys around you. You should be succeeding. Um, that being said, going back to the Joe Burrow and Herbert comparison, I think that's going to be a fun rivalry to watch. A lot of people say you shouldn't compare two young quarterbacks. It's not fair to them. But, like, that's what the sport is. I mean, that's what a rivalry is. I think that's such a beautiful thing, and we should be thankful for it. We should be thankful that we're living in a time that not only did we get to watch a rivalry like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady get to watch that on TV and that unfold, that storyline, that's going to be huge. That's going to be a storyline known in 50 years from now. No one's ever going to forget about the sheriff versus the goat. It's going to be a huge storyline in NFL history forever. But now we have this new legacy. These two new guys, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. And Justin Herbert appears to have the leg up right now. Going to be honest. Justin Herbert has the Rookie of the Year award, and he beat Joe Burrow. It's 1-0. I think they've only played against each other once as starters. But that being said, Joe played in the Super Bowl. Justin didn't. So what are the stats going to look like 10 years from now? I have no idea. But I think that we should be excited as football fans and even just as casual fans. As casual fans, I want you to realize that there's more to this than a game. It's not just a bunch of people running at each other. It is a family of fans and historians. It's, it's something beautiful, really. Like, if you watch football, you'll realize that – there's a historical piece to it that is so beautiful that the comparisons are important and they're beautiful when they're in the right context. And I think that if we real really realize like what we're watching unfold here isn't is more than a game. It's like I say in the intro, it's kind of like a drama and there's a narrative, there's a story I think when we realize that, we can enjoy the game a lot more, and we can enjoy the sport a lot more, and we can enjoy the people a lot more. So we have to remember, they're still people. They're players who get paid millions of dollars to do something they love, but they're still people. And when we remember all of that, that's when the sport becomes what it is and becomes what it can be. So that's something I'm really excited to talk about as we get into the season, when we get to talk about the narratives, the charities these guys are running, why what's important, what rivalries we've got going on, and what the big stories are for this NFL season coming up. But 
Uh, we're not there yet, sadly. Counting down the days, but we're getting closer. The draft is next month, so that is super exciting as we get to see all these new young guys who are my age get a chance at something they've been dreaming of since they were little kids. Okay, all of that being said, this week, I promise, will be the first 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 Faith Fridays. Try saying that ten times fast. It is going to be about Justin Tucker still. As I said, I've got all the information laid out. Just had some crazy stuff pop up on Friday. Didn't have time to record. So, sorry about that, but I promise it'll be up this Friday. Uh, I don't know what NFL news will have come out by Friday. Hopefully the Colts will find a wide receiver for Matt Ryan to throw to. Hopefully Julio Jones. But until then, just be prepared to listen to me talk about Justin Tucker and his faith life. And I found a lot of interesting stuff about him as well that I didn't even know. So be prepared for that. I think it'll be a good show. And uh, make sure to go follow nobuts underscore show on Instagram. That's nobuts underscore show. And I just want to thank everyone who has followed this so far. A lot of people said that this wasn't going to be possible. I was told... um, to just kind of let the dream die of this being a real thing. I did have, that's not to say I didn't have people supporting me. I definitely had people supporting the idea as well, and I appreciate them. But uh, also, I did, when I said that I wanted this to be a faith based sports podcast, a lot of people who were supporting me kind of said, okay, that's not possible. They dropped out. So, I mean, I have this small circle of supporters that I'm very thankful for, very grateful for. But who I'm really thankful for is you, the listener, wherever you are. Um, I'd love to do this for a living. So if you do enjoy this, please share this with a friend, share it with a coworker. Uh, I hope to eventually get some sponsorships so I can make money on this. And it's not about the money, but that's what the world requires for us to be alive. And I just love talking about football, love talking about the narratives, as I've said. And so if this can become a way to make a living, that would be the dream. And I'm glad to have all of you guys here with me listening to the show. So uh, just want to say thanks for following along. Uh, I think that's going to be it for today. See you all Wednesday.